from WLRN Public Media in Miami and Florida Public Radio. This is Decision Florida. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Hudson. And I'm Melissa Ross from WJCT in Jacksonville. Voter turnout has been heavy in the days leading up to Election Day. Some 5.3 million Floridians have already cast their ballots. Now, Tom, that's a pre-Election Day record in the state. Also, early voting this weekend is sure expected to be busy, at least in some communities. Yeah, we're seeing some big, big numbers leading up to the official Election Day here, Melissa. And all the early voting hasn't been without a few snags. In Broward County, a Democratic stronghold, it had a handful of ballots missing Amendment 2, the question about allowing medicinal marijuana. Also, some Republican complaints about inspecting absentee ballots in Broward County. Five stolen and forged absentee ballots were found in Seminole uh, Seminole County. A couple of people were arrested in Miami-Dade County a week ago, charged with ballot fraud and filling out fake voter registrations. Also, we've heard stories of sheriff's deputies will be at a Palm Beach County polling place after complaints there that supporters of Donald Trump were yelling at voters with a bullhorn this week. And there have been more calls coming in to the National Election Protection Hotline from Florida than from any other state. So we want to know right now, have you had any trouble voting? How ready are you to decide all of those questions on your ballot? And how are elections officials ready for what could be a very big turnout in a very close race here in Florida? Even if you haven't called that election protection hotline, you can call us. Give us a call right now from wherever you are in Florida as we broadcast statewide. The number to be part of the conversation is 305-995-1800. And on social media, just use the hashtag DecisionFlorida. And, Melissa, we've got a couple of guys with their finger on the pulse of all of this. Brian Corley is joining us, Supervisor of Elections from Pasco County. He's also the current president of the Florida State Association of Supervisors of Elections. Supervisor Corley, welcome to Decision Florida. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Melissa. Great to be with you. Ian Sancho, also along with us, uh, Supervisor of Elections in Leon County, with us from our sister station, WFSU. Brian, voter turnout expectations, 5.3 million early voters out of almost 13 million statewide. We are at record levels already. Do you expect that to continue on into Tuesday night? I do. i got to tell you, I've actually reconsidered my projections. Uh, you know, there has been this very polarizing negative presidential campaign generally reduces turnout, and what we're seeing with record numbers of early voting, um, it only can lead to two possible scenarios. One, that there are Election Day voters who are voting early, or two, which I'm now on board believing, we're looking at some pretty record historic turnouts possibly. Well, you want to take a guess, 80 percent, 85 percent turnout statewide? I would say I, I had been in the about the 70, 72 percent. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say close to 80 percent based on what we're wow. seeing. We're seeing a lot of first-time voters, too. Oh, and, and and let me ask you, Brian, uh, are we looking at, do you think, a long night Tuesday night? I remember four years ago, folks waiting, particularly in South Florida, for six, seven hours in some precincts to cast their ballot. No, I don't believe uh, we, that. No, I don't believe that's going to be an issue. After the 2012 cycle, there were some issues, clearly. And uh, we went and lobbied the legislature for the, probably the one of the best things we were able to accomplish was the reduction in how long those amendments to the Constitution could be. If you recall, there were 11 amendments on that ballot, and uh, the law had said if it was anyone other than the legislature, they were limited to 75 words. And Some of those were put on there by the legislature. They were six, 700 words. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking three languages in Miami-Dade and in Broward, 
that's a long ballot. They were talking a six, eight-page ballot, and that led to some issues. But we, we've we've come a long way since then to help reduce the lines, and I, I think we're going to be in good shape for Tuesday. So that addresses the uh, wait times for Tuesday. Uh, Ian Sancho, the director of elections at Leon County, what about the ability of uh, your office and your colleagues throughout the uh, 67 counties to count those uh, votes in a timely manner? That shouldn't be a problem at all. What we've got in Florida is the best system uh I think in the history of the state of Florida now, following the reforms of 2012, which the supervisors led in getting hours restored, uh, we now can deal with this problem of a large turnout. Early voters, for example, don't necessarily increase the turnout. It redistributes the turnout so that they, those individuals will not be in lines on Election Day. Here in Leon County, we anticipate voting between 49 and 55 percent of our voting age population before Election Day. And so on election, there won't be long lines. And let me ask you, Ian Sancho, um, you're stepping down, it's my understanding, at the end of the year after nearly three decades as an election supervisor. You've been outspoken in the past saying that you didn't feel the state had gone far enough in preserving the sanctity of the vote. You've even sometimes challenged the security of some of the state's voting machines. How confident are you feeling about the process this election day? Well, I think the process is better than it's ever been in the 28-year history of my service as a supervisor of elections. Our technology is the best, and we have procedures in place such as no Internet voting and no Wi-Fi connection to the machines. So there is really no ability to rig the elections. Uh, In fact, those charges are are baseless, and quite frankly, I view them as ignorant in an attempt to to influence the election. Citizens should be confident now that in 2016, their vote will count. You're talking about Donald Trump saying that that the process might be rigged? Well, I'm talking about uh, law enforcement authorities telling the federal uh, federal law enforcement individuals believe that foreign powers are, in fact, contacting individuals through the Internet, spreading misinformation, trying to cause fear. And, and, and quite frankly, that's shameful. Let me put that to Brian Corley. Uh, Brian, separate fact from fiction. Uh, we have heard, obviously, the uh, Republican presidential candidate talk about a rigged system, uh, has questioned whether or not he will accept the results uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, As the leader of the 67 uh, county supervisors of election in the state of Florida, the largest swing state that uh, is in play this election cycle, how do you respond to that, Brian? Well, first, if if Supervisor Sancho puts a stamp of approval on it with saying Florida's got the best system, then that's all you need to hear, in my humble opinion, with his his service Mm -hmm. and experience. Um, there are there are almost 10,000 jurisdictions that administer elections, and so that's a pretty large conspiracy. But just look at Florida. There are 67 independent supervisor of elections. Look within each county. You have a canvassing board made up of a county judge, a supervisor of elections, and a county commissioner. Then you have staff. Then you have thousands, tens of thousands of poll workers. It, it would take the mother of all conspiracies. It would literally be impossible to pull it off. So it's it's kind of insulting to those of us who administer elections like supervisor Sancho myself and our staff that are you know spending time away from their family for pretty much this whole past year poll workers who are giving up of themselves for something bigger for love of democracy and and certainly country and county so it's just it's just a red herring it's simply not true 
Let's go to a few of your calls as we talk about the voting process in Florida with early voting underway. Some 5.3 million Floridians have already voted. Here's a tweet with the hashtag Decision Florida. I voted by mail, no problem. I prefer taking my time and looking up the issues. However, that solar power question threw me, he tweets. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, we've got a call from Dennis in Clearwater. Hi, Dennis, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, go ahead, Dennis. Hello. Hi, yeah, I had a uh, great early voting experience. It was uncrowded. The poll workers were pleasant and um, 40 machines and me and one other individual. It was great. I recommend it to everyone. Of course, we're running out of time. I I can say I did not vote for either of the major party candidates due to the acrimony this election round. It disgusts me as a citizen. And also, I noticed there are virtually no Hillary signs on lawns in my area, which I think is very troubling for reasons that are probably self-explanatory. Dennis, it's Tom Hudson. Let me just quickly: Did you vote? Yeah. For in, did you vote anybody for president, or did you? Leave I that did. Work? I did. In fact, yeah, I chose okay. one of the one of the less popular parties. All right. But, uh, yeah, I, I I am registered with a major party. I, I just don't believe we've ended up where we are. Uh, and and, and, mm. and uh, Melissa, that's an interesting piece here that we'll talk about later on the program. Dennis being registered with a major party, but splitting right. his vote. And, uh, you know, we, we'll see if we have more instances of that. Another quick call in Hallandale Beach, Broward County. Geraldine is on Decision Florida. Geraldine, we've had reports of Broward County, some issues with ballots. How about your experience? I had a marvelous experience. I was in and out in about seven minutes. Very professional helpers, uh, aides, whatever they're called. An enormous number of machines set up at the Hallandale uh, Community Center. It really could not have been a better experience. I was very impressed. Oh, oh, that's good to hear. Less than 10 minutes through the ballot. Oh, How about that? Congratulations. Much less. And, uh, much less. Uh, Mr. Sancho, here's a tweet uh, from Julie. I voted yes on Amendment 2 because medical marijuana will bring new tax revenue and jobs to Florida. Yeah. Obviously, the two candidates at the top of the ticket, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, are driving the bulk of the turnout. But how much do you think some of these other uh, ancillary measures on the ballot are going to affect turnout? Well, I think that, quite frankly, elections are directly affected by campaigns. And we are seeing record turnout in early voting in Leon County. And quite frankly, I can't discern whether it's the amendments, the presidential, or the hot local election race that we have because we have sheriff's races, school superintendents. In fact, we have a record number of constitutional officers on the ballot here in Leon County. We are seeing record turnout, um, but it, it, I think it's too early to look at uh, what is driving the turnout. Normally, the presidential race does lead the ticket on the top of a ballot like this, but again, we're going to have to do some after-the-election analysis to be 100% certain of that. And it's that top of the ticket where it is tightening up as we move into uh, Tuesday and Election Day. Brian Corley, the supervisor of elections of Pasco County, you lead the uh, county supervisor of elections here in the state of Florida. Uh, at what point uh, of a vote count gets triggered an automatic recount? And when could that happen if uh, the, the count is very close on Tuesday night? Well, first off, uh, all the supervisors and their staff the night before the election have the election day prayer where we say, dear Lord, let the winners win by a wide margin <laughs> or, or at least 0.51%. If the first unofficial returns uh, indicate, and that, that wouldn't actually be until, until Friday, 
Uh, if they indicate it's 0.5% or less, that would trigger a machinery count. So and, it's, in the it, ballot. and it's half of 1% of the votes cast, not of registered voters. Is that correct? That is correct, of the votes cast. And uh, that would trigger a machinery count. Yeah. And if the second official returns from that indicate that it's 0.25% or a quarter percent or less, then that triggers right. a manual recount. We've got to leave it there. Brian Corley, the uh, supervisor of elections, Pasco County, Ian Sancho, uh, in the same role in Leon County. Thanks to both. Uh, Melissa and I will be back. Voter access in Florida. This is Decision Florida from Florida Public Radio. From Florida Public Radio, this is Decision Florida. I'm Melissa Ross with WJCT in Jacksonville. And I'm Tom Hudson with WLRN in Miami. Now, Melissa, thousands of new voters registered here in Florida thanks to that extra week of registration ordered after Hurricane Matthew. About 5 million have already voted during early voting and vote by mail in the Sunshine State. But not Tanya Walden, and she's awfully excited for Tuesday for Election Day. One of those diehard Americans that's going to stand in line on Election Day, make sure my vote is counted! (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people like to do that. They like to to vote on the day. Now, Sheena Mead is coordinating volunteers with a nonpartisan coalition. It's called Election Protection, and they are on the ground throughout the I-4 corridor. She says she's staying busy letting voters know what to expect at the polls and being there to help out if they should have any problems. My job is to make sure that every single person that enters that line comes out saying that they voted, whether it's voting a regular ballot or making sure that they're able to cast a provisional ballot. All right, so as we continue our look at voting across the state, we want you to give us a call. It's 305 995-1800. On social media, keep those hashtag tweets coming at Decision Florida. Right now, we welcome Jessica Huseman of ProPublica's Election Land Project and also Jim Ash, reporter with WFSU Public Media in Tallahassee. Thank you both so much for being with us. Uh, Jessica, let's begin with you. As Election Land has been reporting, sheriff's deputies have been dispatched down to the Palm Beach, West Palm Beach Supervisor of Elections Office this week after some complaints that Donald Trump supporters were shouting at voters through a bullhorn. Now, Election Land's mission is to monitor access to the vote. When you look at these issues of access to the ballot and any problems that might be cropping up, what else is your reporting discovering here in Florida? Right. So we've discovered... uh the West Palm Beach incident was was definitely one of our first uh, reports out of Florida. There was some pretty disturbing behavior there, but law enforcement's on the scene now, so we're hopeful that that will keep that at bay. Um, but, you know, we're also getting reports of voter intimidation in other places just today um, from the election protection data that we have access to. We saw people calling in um, from Miami um, and Hialeah, which I hope I'm saying that correctly. Hi- um, Hialeah, Hialeah, very close, Hialeah, Hialeah. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> Uh, with reports of, of, it seemed pretty isolated incidents of voter intimidation, people being screamed at in line or insulted. Um, you know, we're also seeing a reports of, of a few long lines here and there. Um, but so far, uh, it's been pretty quiet on the Florida front. You know, I, I know that in your program already, you've talked about uh, the, the issues facing absentee balloting um, and, and a couple of other things in Broward County. Um, so those are on our radar as well. Um, but, hmm. but optimistically, things are looking are looking pretty good. Jessica, it's Tom good Hudson. News. What, what counts as voter intimidation? Offer, if it's two I... voters who are in line and they happen to have a disagreement before they vote versus 
versus somebody outside, maybe on the perimeter of the voting place. I mean, what is what is legally voter intimidation and what is just a, a stern argument uh, during these heated times? That's a really good question. You know, it varies. The law uh, based on what you can and cannot do varies a little bit by county um, in in Florida. So but in most counties, the election, the electioneering line is out is 100 feet. And so what you can do outside of 100 feet from the polling place uh, is very different from what you can do within 100 feet of the polling place. Um, so the West Palm Beach, for example, that call um, to election protection originated because the Trump supporters there who did have the bullhorn were breaching that 100-foot line, mm. and that is illegal. Uh, but it turns out that in Palm Beach County, it is not illegal to use amplification devices uh, if you're electioneering, even outside of the 100-foot line though people have found that to be very disruptive. Sure. Um, so what mm. uh, what voter intimidation looks like from a legal perspective versus what it actually how it actually impacts voters is a little bit different. And so we're going to be paying attention to all accounts of that, right? So we're getting people texting us in. We're getting people talking to us on Twitter. We have access to the election protection data. And so we're going to be monitoring this for anything that we really realistically think could prevent people from voting or realistically could be interpreted as intimidation. We will report on that even if it's legally not considered intimidation. Um, so just because the laws vary so dramatically um, and we believe that, you know, there are some things that you can do within the boundaries of the law that would still intimidate other people from voting. Let's go and we want voters to be aware of that. Let's go now to Jim Ash. Uh, you're with WFSU Public Media in Tallahassee. As you look at some of the later voter registrations coming in, you're also monitoring early voting turnout. Uh, between Republicans and Democrats. What are, what are the numbers showing you, Jim? Well, um, you know, one of the surprises from that hearing that uh, District Judge Mark Walker held was that they were expecting 60,000 new registrations. And, you know, eventually 107 came in. And so... Um, way more than projected. That, wow. Way more than projected. So it, it gives you an idea of, of the interest that's being generated in this election. Now, I, and and please, what about a turnout? Uh, it's my understanding that uh, depending on what part of the state we're looking at, uh, the the two major parties are edging each other out by slim margins. Uh, uh, depending on where we cast around Florida, what are we seeing in terms of that on the ground battle to get the turnout as high as possible uh, for operatives for Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton? Well, I'll tell you, traditionally the way it works is that Republicans always produce better for mail-in ballots, and Democrats always do better in in um, early voting. Now, this time around, uh, there was a point last week when the Democrats actually, for one or two days, edged out Republicans in vote-by-mail. But eventually, the, the Republicans um, surged past them. But right now, from what we're hearing um, from figures yesterday, the Democrats are not um, holding to their their lead in early voting. Jim, uh, showing up at the polls. This partisan split, as we look at who has showed up at the polls so far, based upon their party registration, 
is that giving us any indication of of the potential results Tuesday night? And I ask that because of obviously, um, as we heard earlier from a caller, a split a split vote uh, from a, a registered Republican perhaps voting uh, for a candidate of some other party, be it either a Democratic Party or a third party candidate. So when we look at the party registrations and who has showed up at the polls, is that uh, at all a, a, a indication of, of what to expect on Tuesday night? You know, um, this time around, maybe not so much so, because I think as Ian Sancho and the other supervisor mentioned before, when when the candidates tend to go negative, that not only suppresses turnout, it, it could mean people don't who show up to cast ballots don't necessarily vote for president. And, and mm. a lot of people are expressing mm. that. Um, I, I've heard that expressed among friends and, and people I've interviewed on the street. And uh you know, I attended a Trump rally in Tallahassee about a week and a half ago, and uh, there were some uh, people who came out to the rally who were still on the fence, which I found very curious. Let's go to your calls right now. The number to join Decision Florida, 305-995-1800. Todd is in Palm Gardens, Florida. Hi, Todd. Good afternoon, and thanks for being with us. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, yeah, I just have a question. Uh, I don't know who I should direct it to. Um, my wife is an American-born uh, citizen, and about a we reside in Palm Beach Gardens. And about a month ago, she registered online and has been anticipating the arrival of her voter, voter ballot that she can take it into the uh, to do an early vote. That's yet to arrive, and I, I just wondered: is there any reason for concern? Is there something more sinister going on? Should have we received it by now? She did go to a polling booth, and they said you have to wait for this uh, to come through the mail. So I'm just wondering huh. how that would be resolved. So Todd, sure, you, thanks, yeah. Todd. Yeah, yeah. So, Jessica uh, of Election Land, we're we're getting anecdotal reports of that type of thing up here in North Florida as well. Are you tracking that with Election Land? Yeah, we are tracking that with Election Land, and so I would encourage people who have not received their absentee ballots uh, to call the election protection number. There are um, methods that you can follow on Election Day should you not receive that ballot before then or before the deadline to submit those, um, and and they can advise you based on where you are uh, about what you should do. Um, but we'd also encourage you to um, to be in touch with us and so that we can put local reporters on that story um, because that's the the purpose of election land is to make sure these issues are covered in the way that they should be leading up to the election. Um, So if you're experiencing absentee ballot issues in North Florida, um, please send us a tweet at election land. Also, uh, we've gotten some social media questions about uh, deadlines for absentee ballots in terms of postmark. I mean, essentially, if you're if you've got an absentee ballot that's uh, from within the United States, uh, it has to be received by November 8th in the state of Florida. November 8th is when it needs to be received by. Uh, so that's the absentee ballot issue. And we've gotten other questions. This one over on the Gulf Coast, uh, Line 5, Michael from Punta Gorda. Uh, Michael, welcome to the program. Go ahead. Your trouble here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm to be out of state for uh, voting. And uh, so I, did the, uh, I signed up on vote.org to uh, register for a mail ballot. And I got an email stating that because um, it's supposed to be electronically faxed uh, in, and I got an email saying that that had failed and to re-register. So I did it again, and I got the same email. And then finally I, I uh, ended up printing it up and uh, sending it in that way. And so you, you successfully did vote? 
Yes, I did get my ballot and uh, sent it in. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Michael thanks. checking in. Hey, Jim Ash, I think people are determined to get make sure their ballot counts this year in particular, <laughs> no matter who they're voting uh, for. Well, very much so. I, of course, on everybody's mind is the recount, and uh, the magic number there was just 537. In 2000, right. yeah. yeah. In, That's in right. In 2000. Yeah. Uh, getting a uh, mention on social media here from Mary uh, saying, so it's only Donald Trump supporters disrupting. Uh, only wonder uh, if you uh, lost federal funds. What about Hillary Clinton disruptors? Uh, Jessica, as you've uh, paid attention to some of the uh, news coming around uh, the state of Florida, have we heard of Clinton supporters uh, disrupting uh, polling places? At this point, we haven't. Um, We have not received any reports of that. The Election Protection Commission, as far as we are aware, have not received any reports of Hillary Clinton supporters disrupting polls. Uh, I will emphasize that the state of Florida is, as you know, quite large, and we have only received less than a handful of actual complaints of voter intimidation by Donald Trump supporters. Um, so let's not uh, make let, let's not over exaggerate what that means in our mind. Uh, yes, they are only Donald Trump supporters thus far. We may receive yeah. reports of Hillary Clinton supporters on Election Day, but we have only received very few complaints. Here's a question for you on uh, Twitter, Jessica. It's from Angela in Alachua County. County. She said, "I voted there, but." A volunteer attempted to annoy me when signing in previous voter rolls that weren't present to compare signatures. And in this election in particular, in other states, there have been spats that have even made its made their way into court about whether volunteers can come into a precinct and make sure that there aren't there isn't any funny business or any fraud. It's It's been a very partisan-driven sort of uh, phenomenon this fall. Uh, what are your thoughts about that little piece of the election? Right. So we are seeing, uh, you know, a lot of reporting about Donald Trump specifically uh, and his surrogates encouraging people to just kind of show up to the polls and blend in and, and watch for problems. That is not legal. In order to be a poll watcher in Florida and in any other state, you have to go through your local party. So your Republican Party, your Democratic Party, you have to be registered, you have to be trained, you have to be assigned to a specific precinct. And those folks have very clear guidelines between what is legal and what is not legal in terms of their behavior. And they should not uh, generally be hassling voters directly at all. Um, They should be talking directly to poll workers and taking up their issues there with very uh, limited sets of uh, exceptions to that. Um, so if she at any point felt hassled by this poll worker, this or by this poll observer, she should bring that to the attention of the election workers, the official workers in that precinct immediately, and they can take it up with law enforcement um, because there are very clear guidelines for this for uh, for very important reasons. Um, and we'd also encourage her to call election protection and report that to Election Land. That's Jessica Huseman with uh, ProPublica's Election Land Project, and you're listening to Decision Florida from WLRN Miami. This is Florida. Public Radio. Jim Ash with our sister station in Tallahassee. You've looked at some of the registered poll watchers from the campaigns, at least in Leon County. What have you found up in uh, the panhandle? Well, we were we had some discussions um, about a week ago with Ion Sancho about that. We were eager to see how many would respond to Donald Trump's call. And, uh, you know, we are a heavily Democratic area. And uh, Donald Trump said only two responded. Now, we haven't heard any complaints with with regard to that. 
Let's go to uh, Naples in southwest Florida, where Jack is joining Decision Florida. Uh, Jack, go ahead. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm a registered Republican in Collier County and got my absentee ballot in the mail. Uh, Didn't send it back uh, right away, but we did. My wife and I both sent ours in. Shortly thereafter, I got a, an email from the Republican Party saying, hey, your, your uh, absentee ballot hasn't been received yet. You know, get on a stick and send it in. I thought to me this came on as a big uh, invasion of privacy that the, one of the parties would be getting information on absentee ballots being received. If the supervisor of elections had sent me an email saying, hey, get, on the, uh, get off your duff and send it in, that'd be one thing. But... Um, <laughs> You know, the Republican Party sending me an email? Is this legal for them to be sharing that kind of information with the parties? Jessica Heesman, what about that question? Right. So uh, it is public information when a ballot is received on an individual. That is public information. Um, it is you can uh, tell when a person has voted, not necessarily not how they voted. Um, but if you are a, a registered Republican, they may have access to that information. That doesn't strike me as um, as as anything untoward. Um, but I will say uh, that we have received really spotty complaints um, that we haven't really really been able to nail down uh, the origin of yet, uh, saying that there have been robocalls and flyers uh, for, to a couple of voters like across the state of Florida saying that they haven't been they haven't sent an absentee ballot or their absentee ballot haven't been received, and those are not from places like the Republican Party. Um, so if you are receiving calls from that from an organization that that is not an official party or a or a official. Um, elections office, then I would be be a little bit more wary of those. And uh, real quickly, yeah. before we go to break, Jim Ash, uh, oh, go ahead, Jim Ash. Well, I was just going to add that um, a lot of people are surprised to learn that their party registration is public record in Florida. Mm-hmm. We, you know, thankfully for my profession, we have very aggressive public record laws in Florida. And uh, for that reason, uh, a lot of people in my profession um, are registered independent just to, to maintain that distance from the, the partisan atmosphere. One more quick question coming in on social media uh, from Melissa saying that uh, she's uh, at university in Pensacola but registered in Jacksonville, requested an absentee ballot. Uh, she asks, should I have re-registered uh, for Pensacola instead? Jessica, any thoughts on that? Sure. Um you know, I think since it's it's within the state, um, you are certainly it it it, it wouldn't be a, a problem for you to re-register there um, if that's something that you'd like to do. If you prefer to vote in person, that would be just uh, a entirely, change of address issue. Then, yeah, it would just be a, a quick change of address. Um, so we do see problems, and and I I just like to specify this for other students who might be listening. Um, it is more uh, it's more problematic when students change their registration from out of state. Um, in in certain when you change change your um, home address on your registration card yeah. out for, of certain states and into certain other states. You Jessica, can occasionally... we've got to leave it there. We're up against oh, the clock okay. here. Jessica Huseman with ProPublica's Election Land Project. You can look for that on social media and on air on Election Day and Night. And Jim Ash with us from WFSU. This is Decision Florida. Great. From WLRN Public Media in Miami and Florida Public Radio, this is Decision Florida. Thanks again for listening this week. I'm Tom Hudson. 
And I'm Melissa Ross with WJCT in Jacksonville. So, Melissa, 29 coveted electoral votes. That's what we're talking about when it comes to Tuesday night. No doubt about it that the path to the White House goes right through the Sunshine State. The presidential candidates have certainly been busy stumping for votes here in recent weeks, really recent days. And we can expect more visits in the last days of this campaign here. You know it. Four more days of this, Tom. So who are Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump counting on for support in what's shaping up to be such a tight election here in the Sunshine State? Well, Peter Brown tells Decision Florida that he was a Democrat when he joined the Marines to fight in Vietnam. But he returned a Republican, and he still is today. Now, Brown lives in Pinellas County, and out of the nearly one million registered voters there, Republicans hold a slim 600 voter majority over Democrats. Here's Peter Brown. Considering national security is my top priority, I'm going to have to vote for Trump. Um, I don't criticize people who are going to vote for Hillary Clinton. They, you know, that's their conscience, and I, I just national security is a big thing. Meanwhile, Joe Widlansky is a Pinellas County Democrat. He lives in St. Petersburg. The Supreme Court is a major factor in my decision. And so in this big election season here, Melissa, it is awfully close already. Who wins, who loses could just boil down to who's getting people out to the polls. One national conservative group is on the ground here in the Sunshine State targeting Florida voters, but not promoting a candidate. Here's Steve Newborn from WUSF in Tampa. A team of activists pound the sidewalk on a hot morning in the Brandon Brook subdivision just off State Road 60. Hi there. I'm Grace. I'm out with Americans for Prosperity. We're out talking to neighbors about government spending today. The streets here have names related to wine, Chardonnay Place, and Crystal Goblet Court. Most of the homes are well-maintained. Colorful crotons and miniature statues guard the front doors, as do a lot of little dogs. Okay, uh, I really don't have time. I'm trying to homeschool my kids. Okay, all right. So sorry about that. That's okay. Thank you. I'm so I'm, I'm in the middle of a work meeting right now. Take like less than a minute, but uh, so I can't do it okay. right now. All right. Appreciate no it. No problem. I'm sorry to bother you. No problem. Yeah. Is your mom home by any chance? No. Okay. I'm so sorry to bother you. You have a good one. All right. Thank you. Americans for Prosperity says it isn't campaigning for anyone, but today they're knocking on doors to get people to vote against Congressman Patrick Murphy, the Democrat vying to unseat Republican U.S. Senator Marco Rubio. And the group is financed in part by the Koch brothers, who have spent the last several years working to build a force on the ground to support conservative causes. Well, right now we're going to cast a look around all the different parts of Florida as we welcome Steve Newborn, reporter with WUSF Public Media in Tampa. Steve, thanks for being with us. Glad to be here. Also here in studio with me in Jacksonville, reporter A.G. Gankarski of Florida Politics. And the number to call into the show, 305-995-1800. A.G., let's begin with you. Now, you covered dueling rallies Thursday here in Jacksonville, one at UNF with President Barack Obama, one on Jacksonville's west side with Donald Trump. And as you reported, very different groups of voters turned out. Yes. um, 
Okay, at, at the Trump rally, you had um, this sort of Trump base, the people who call themselves deplorables, predominantly white, predominantly over the age of 50. Um, you know, that's who Trump's counting on turning out. And over here in Northeast Florida, that's that's a big part of the demographic. At University of North Florida, you had college kids. Um, you had some African-Americans. And, you know, these are the areas that Hillary Clinton really needs to get turnout because, um, you know, black vote is underperforming in Northeast Florida. Young votes underperforming. You know, Barack Obama, you know, coming to Jacksonville on Thursday was no accident. It was intended to galvanize souls to the polls on Sunday. Yeah, that souls to the polls is going to be uh, really interesting to watch how the turnout goes on Sunday. Right. Um, if it if it doesn't hit for the Democrats, then you might see Donald Trump making some ground up here. Um, you're going to see Barack Obama in the state again. He's coming um, Sunday to Kissimmee. Um, get out the vote rally with Stevie Wonder. So the Democratic Party seems to be worried that Florida is going to be very close. Uh, Steve Newborn, uh, of course, the, the president will be just a little bit east of you uh, as you're with us from Tampa. Walk us around the Tampa Bay area and uh, how the campaigns, the presidential campaigns are targeting and who they're going after to get out to the polls. Well, it's pretty obvious what Hillary Clinton's been doing lately. Uh, she's been in Tampa twice in the last two weeks. She was in Pasco County just a couple of days ago. At both rallies, she had Hispanic Americans introducing her. At the first one, it was, a, uh, I believe, a Spanish-American chef. And at the Pasco County event, uh, she was introduced by Elisa Machado, Machado, pardon me, who uh, was the Miss Universe who was kind of lambasted by Donald Trump. So you could tell who she's aiming at. She's going first for the Hispanic vote, which is very huge here in the I-4 corridor, and especially the women vote. I mean, that's her big target. She spent the vast majority of her last speech in Pasco County targeting women and talking about how Donald Trump mistreats women. So that's who she's really aiming mm-hmm. for right now. A.G. Gankarski, uh, we've seen uh, appeals up here in northern Florida to those voter groups. But as you said, uh, when you look at Duval County in particular, uh, in the past, uh, for example, in 2008, Barack Obama uh, almost beat John McCain in this area. In 2012, uh, there was a bigger margin between him and Mitt Romney. Romney did better with Republicans uh, and and independents in North Florida. In 2016, uh, how do you see both of these campaigns trying to run up their margins in this part of the state? Because as Steve said, the I-4 corridor is really where it's tighter than a drum. Up here, it's not quite so much that way, but those votes at the margins do make a difference. Right. And you've really got to watch the turnout models here. If if um, Hillary Clinton can keep it close, then you basically have a win for her. Um, when George W. Bush won in 2000, 2004, he had 57 percent of the vote in 2004 uh, compared to John Kerry. 2008, 2012 for Obama was much closer. And in the Clinton machine, um, if they can keep it within 15, 20,000 votes, that's very good here in Duval County. Right now, you've got early voting going. The Republicans are winning by almost 2,000 votes right now, actually 2,400. It's very close out of um, a universe of 238,000 who have voted. So if it stays like this, if people vote according to party identification, then Tuesday's going to be a good night for Hillary Clinton. Let's go to your calls right now. It's Decision Florida at 305-995-1800. We are taking your calls from anywhere in Florida where you're listening to this program, ah, public media coming together for this special broadcast it's Brad in Palm Beach. Brad, so you haven't voted since 2000, is that right? Yeah, I'm actually in Daytona Beach. Oh, Daytona. But, uh, no, I kind of I kind of 
promised myself that I wouldn't uh, take part in what, what I considered to be um, a flawed system because after after what happened with the Bush Gore thing in Florida and, and the stonewalling that took place to not get the votes counted of the people who took the time to vote, I just I, it really turned me off to the whole idea of of voting. I thought, like like mm. Mr. Trump says, I thought the system was rigged. On what, and, but, so, but are you voting this time? You're going to vote this be, time? I, I think the stakes are, and that's why I called. I think the stakes are so high this time that I kind of have to back off on my promise to myself, and I don't believe that I could possibly be the only voter out there that feels this way. Um, people that were yeah. so turned off in 2000 when their votes basically were, were not counted. And so they sure. said, well, why, why bother? Um, but this well, time, thank- the stakes are so high, I, I feel like I, I have to uh, go ahead and, and get out there and vote. And I encourage everyone else who may feel that way from what happened in 2000 to maybe think about it and do the same thing this Brad, time. Brad, it's Tom Hudson. Quickly, uh, are you confident that your vote here in 2016 will count? Well... Hopefully, from everything has been improved from back then when they had all the hanging chad issues in the ballot mm-hmm. itself. It seems that it was uh, it was um, meant to it was designed for confusion on, uh, for for some people. And hopefully, some of those things have been corrected. We don't have a bush in the, a bush in the governor's office now, and uh, so I think that the the, the uh, family part of it has been taken out of out of, of the, the equation and yeah i guess i i do believe it i'm just uh you know the, the fact is the system rigged yeah probably is but not necessarily the way trump speaks it's, it's it, it may be rigged depending on what state you're in how your votes are going to be received wow well th- thanks for the call brad here are a couple of tweets for you steve newborn in Florida, my ballot came with a wet spot on the envelope at the seams. It was blamed on the hurricane, but I think it's all a ploy. <laughs> Angela tweets the show, our vote in Florida could sway this election. Go out and vote. I already did. Uh, as you've been reporting, Steve, uh, we are one of the states where our votes are going to make a difference. And especially right here in the Interstate Four Corridor, where the swing part of the swing state Pretty evenly split split between Democrats and Republicans, although it has been trending a little more Democratic as more Hispanics move into the area. But that's not entirely true. I've talked to several people who uh, who come from Central and South America who are kind of close to being rock-ribbed Republicans because where they come from, the governments are kind of corrupt and they think less government is better. So, you know, all the cliches we might have about one certain group voting one way or one group voting another might be just cliches. And I think everything is really still up for grabs here. So it's just a big question mark where this is going to all head. Uh, A.G., let me ask you, one of the things that appears not up for grabs is the Hispanic vote in Florida. The latest Univision poll found that Secretary Clinton had 60 percent of that vote, where Donald Trump had 30 percent, a substantial margin of victory. And it really is to credit of Hispanics, not of Cuban origin, uh, where uh, Secretary Clinton won 71 percent of uh, Hispanics, not of Cuban origin, compared to Donald Trump's 20 percent. This is a turnout uh, uh, argument, again, about the Hispanic vote in Florida having to turn out in order for the Clinton campaign 
to uh, uh, to see those kinds of margins or conversely not turn out in order for the Trump campaign to be able to put up a fight. Right. And there's a lot of uh, GOTV in the Puerto Rican community in the Orlando area. You're seeing a lot of influx of people from Puerto Rico over the last decade or so. And um, they are energized voters. They're going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, once you get out of that Cuban-American community, um, there aren't a lot of pockets of support for, for Donald Trump um, because the cultural conservatism go, goes away. You see a lot more of Trump's uh, remarks in the past coming back to haunt him. People have long memories in this stuff. Let me ask you as well, A.G., one of the most interesting analogies I ever heard about Florida is that it's like a tube of toothpaste, and it's slowly being rolled up from the bottom, and that groups of people are uh, migrating up the state from South Florida to Central Florida and eventually making their way up here to North Florida, where you and I sit today. And when you look at this large Puerto Rican voting block in central Florida, we're starting to see more evidence of that type of voter diversity, although albeit not nearly as much. But up here in North Florida, when you compare the two rallies, the Trump versus the Obama rally here in Jacksonville on Thursday, uh, you you wrote on, uh, in Florida politics that we were looking at very different demographic groups at those rallies. What did you see? Well, you know, the... The the Obama rally, you know, was on a college campus, so it's kind of skewed. Um, you're, you're getting a disproportionately uh, college population. The Trump rally, obviously, there, you know, weren't really much of anybody except for Northeast Florida crackers, as we like to call them. You know, and, and the Democratic machine, I think, has missed an opportunity in Northeast Florida. You know, as as the population diversifies, you're not seeing the campaigns make a major play here. I mean, the Obama visit and a couple of Bill Clinton visits have been, you know, pretty major in this area. But, you know, these are plays that they, they aren't making in terms of the, the ethnic appeal. They're leaving votes on the table. You see a downtick in the Senate race. Uh, Patrick Murphy did not make much of a play here in Northeast Florida at all. And when you look at that important ballot item, you know, Marco Rubio very well could win the Senate again, not not because of any other part of the state, but the fact that Patrick Murphy didn't want to make didn't a play. Didn't want to play. And yeah. you're listening to Decision Florida from WLRN Miami. This is Florida Public Radio. Steve Newborn, has Patrick Murphy given up already? Uh, is this election in the bag for Rubio? I don't think he's given up. I mean, the, the latest polls had him somewhere within the margin of error. But the latest ones have Rubio coming back up on top. Uh, he has he has traveled around the state, especially in the Afro Corridor, extensively, as has Marco Rubio. It's kind of funny. You know, we, we complain here that Rubio never came to Tampa Bay in the six years he was in the Senate. But uh, during the campaign, he's probably been here about six times. So uh, they're obviously targeting this area. And, uh, you know, this this... Again, it all turns uh, turns on the turnout and how many people at the top of the ballot who vote for Hillary Clinton will vote down ballot for Patrick Murphy is going to decide this. So I think it's still up in the air, too. 5.3 million Floridians voting by mail, voting uh, early voting here as we're in the final few days of early voting ahead of Tuesday's election. Johnny is joining Decision Florida from Orlando. Johnny, what'd you see? What'd you hear in your polling place today as you got your sticker? Well, uh. I heard a father and uh, son, they were in the booth next to me. I guess the father was uh, helping his, uh, his son, who was a first-time voter. And the, the young son was complaining that, boy, no wonder people don't vote. This is hard to do. Now, after we both walked out of the voting area, I told the young man, I said, listen, uh, voting is not hard to do. Fighting and dying for the right to vote 
is what's hard to do. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that, that a lot of people in this country, including my own ancestors, had a difficult time getting the vote. Women had to fight for the vote. And that type of power that is handed to the people is something that we should not just remain apathetic about. I've been voting since I was 18, and I've never missed a vote, even when I was on active duty overseas. I made sure I got my ballot. It came to me on time, and I sent it back. And I voted in every election in the state of Florida uh, since 1977. So. Excellent, excellent record there. Thanks for that call, Melissa. I don't think we could set it better ourselves, frankly, with the, uh, the sentiment that not. Johnny's expressing there. Well, thank you so much for being with us, uh, Steve Newborn, reporter with WUSF Public Media, and A.G. Gankarski of Florida Politics. With just four days to go till this election, Tom, uh, great to have you guys on the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for being here. Melissa, I know a lot of us in public media uh, will be doing a lot of work over the next several days and, of course, uh, throughout uh, Tuesday on your local public radio station in the state of Florida. Uh, 12.9 million registered voters in the state of Florida, 29 electoral votes. A lot of data that's going to come, but uh, as Johnny in Orlando said, it's that right to vote. It's that ability, that uniquely American ability to vote that is going to be on display on Tuesday. Absolutely. Get out and vote, whether you early vote or you decide to go on Election Day. Get out and vote. And that's our program for today. We invite you to join us on social media. Share your experience this political season with us. Just use the hashtag DecisionFlorida. You can also download a podcast of this program at iTunes. Just search the term DecisionFlorida. The program is produced by WLRN Public Media in Miami by Julia Duba. Polly Landis is our booking producer. Rebecca Entralgo, our phone screener. Jason Zabka is our technical director. With engineering help from Charles Michaels and Doug Peterson, WLRN's program director is Peter Mertz. We received production help this week from WJCT in Jacksonville, WUSF in Tampa, and WFSU in Tallahassee. I'm Melissa Ross. And I'm Tom Hudson. This special program from Florida Public Radio has been a presentation of WLRN Public Media in Miami. Thanks for listening.